Um, so I'm indeed the, the, the original developer of JW Player. Um, no code writing anymore at this point, unfortunately. Um, and um, what's interesting is that the, the player actually started out much like, uh, like David uh, was discussing in the previous session. Um, I wrote something, put it on the internet, more and more people started to uh, use it, and at a certain point I thought, like, well, let's charge some money for it. Um, so this video, I, this is basically the first uh, version of the JW player. Um, and uh, YouTube was one of the first sites that, that started using the video player as they like, started in their whole, their whole video sharing uh, theme. Um, I would say to David, like, one thing to not do um, when like, a YouTube or the next YouTube comes in is to uh, charge them a $15 license and be very happy about it. Um, because in the case of YouTube, a like, tiny fraction of the company or something else would have been more interesting. Um, look, nonetheless, like the player did very well. Uh, there were tons of uh, more and more websites that started using uh, the video player. And at present, over a million websites are, are, using, uh, are using JW Player, uh, which includes like, tons of small websites, tons of like, small company websites, uh, blogs, but also uh, big names, like the ones listed here. And uh, for example, the White House. So Ob Obama's on JW Player. Uh, we'll see what happens next year. Um, and then currently, um, we're working on version 6 of the JIST version, which will have HTML5 as the default setup. So what we used to do with the previous player, uh, version 5, is that HTML5 was used as the fallback. So everything on desktop was Flash. On mobile devices, uh, we used HTML5 because there was no Flash. And now we're actually switching around because we think that HTML5 has come, HTML5 video has come at a point where it's actually um, better for the, the, the more use cases than Flash for presenting video. Uh, this is a little mock-up. So um, uh, I think one of the things that a player like JW Player um, uh, is, is very known for is like it's a depth of, of functionality around uh, things that you don't get when you just drop a video in, in a video tag. Uh, things like uh, sharing re related functionality, uh, multiple quality levels, um, playlists, advertising support. So even with the brave new world of HTML5 video, there will always be room for a framework like JW Player. Um, but we were here to talk about HTML5. Um, so why HTML5? Um, I think at first, um, there was the iPad, where um, it was clear that like, Flash would not be going on there. So a lot of people started to um, talk seriously about, uh, or like, be, treat the concept of HTML5 video seriously. Uh, HTML5 video has been around for a while, for a couple of years. Uh, Opera started it, I think, back in 07 or so. Uh, Anna will be able to, to tell more about that later. Um, and what you now also see is that Android, so the new Android versions don't have Flash anymore. So HTML5 is really 
uh, the way to push your video to mobile. Um, and the second reason for HTML5 over a Flash or a Silverlight is it's really easy to use. Um, you drop a video tag on your page, uh, you set uh, source videos, you set a poster image, and it's done. The browser will give you some UI, the video will play, everything is being taken care of. And the same goes for mobile devices. So with the same uh, single line of code, your video will work on every uh, iOS, Android, Windows Phone, uh, etc. Um, but I think overall, there, there's a bigger uh, reason for HTML5 video, and that's really for as uh, a video as this first-class citizen on the internet. So uh, you have images which are always inline, and you can see like view source to see the image and, and download images, uh, play with them. Uh, there's there's always been text on the internet uh, which which you can use, uh, modify, adapt, etc. Uh, but video has always been locked up. And when your video is on the page itself, instead of locked up in some sort of like player or plugin, um, you'll see that like a lot of things all suddenly start to become much easier with video. Uh, accessibility is a big topic, uh, not only for humans. For humans, it's very important, but also for robots. So search engines understanding better what is in video. Um, because it's part of the web stack, it's also part of uh, the things that you all know, HTML, uh, CSS, JavaScript. So it will be very easy to manipulate video. Uh, there are tons of very cool HTML5 demos with, with video, like exploding video, or using like building small video editors uh, online. And because it's all standardized, it's really um, like it's faster, it's more secure, it's more robust. If you if you use HTTP and HTML, uh, there's tons of companies that will work on that same stack instead of one company, and then there's a glaring security hole, and we have to wait for three months until that gets fixed. So, really, what you see in in terms of video, like this, there, there's this evolution in a couple of years from. Um, uh, separate video players, like the real player and Windows Media Player, where you had um, like thumbnail-sized images, to Flash and Silverlight, where video is already on the page, but still in this uh, separate container, to HTML5, where the video really is part of the HTML. Um, those dates are, are slightly arbitrary. Uh, the 2015 date is uh, something that uh, uh, maybe we'll, we will be there for uh, faster. Maybe we'll be there uh, slower. It's hard to tell how, like, when, like, the, the last people will move over. Um, this is what we're, we're currently tracking. Uh, so right now we see that about 80% of the world, so 80% of the page views worldwide, to be precise, uh, we use the stat counter statistics, um, is able to watch an HTML5 video. And you see that this growth, it's kind of topping off a little bit. Um, that's uh, in part uh, because of uh, um, yeah, the last people are always the slowest to, to move over. And uh, in part of uh, more and more mobile phones are actually being used, but not all these mobile platforms are video ready. Uh, so if you look at the desktop side, you see that uh, like Chrome and Firefox have, been, have had video for a while, so we're 
were good there. Um, and on the Internet Explorer side, you see that uh, the 9 uh, version, which has HTML5 support, is really overtaking the, the 8 version, which, has not, uh, which does not have HTML5 support. So that's really a good trend. Um, and then overall, you see that mobile, uh, where there's only HTML5 and no Flash, uh, is, is growing actually fairly rapidly in the last couple of months, uh, according to these, uh, to, to StatCounter. Um, What's interesting here is that um, these guys do not uh, include uh, the iPad with uh, mobile. So you could say, like, if you include tablets with mobile, that this version is actually coming up to like a 20%. Um, yeah, and then on the mobile front, um, like, you have iOS, you have Android, which are the big browsers um, that are uh, HTML5 ready. Um, the red line is Opera, and that's mostly Opera Mini. So that's the Opera that renders the pages on the server. So that one does not currently have uh, HTML5 video support. And if, like, if they would uh, like release it uh, or like release HTML5 video support, and, and that would get rolled out into into like the not so smartphones, then. Uh, you, you really have a, a, a big uh, reach on the mobile front as well. Um, so um, something you probably all read a, a lot about is the, the problem around video codecs. Uh, some of the uh, browsers support the H.264 codec, which is uh, covered in patents, uh, but very, very widely used. And then there's the WebM codec, which is the, the previous onto VP8 codec, which was bought by Google and then open sourced. Um, it's, it's hard. It's, at this point, it's still hard to tell what uh, codec to use. You really need both in order to like, get maximum reach with HTML5 video. Um, however, um, this on the left is what, what the, the Mozilla ZTO recently said. Um, uh, like we really need H.264 um, uh, at first for Mozilla, for like Firefox Mobile, and for uh, Boot to Gecko, their uh, mobile OS. Uh, but there's also a lot of uh, problems on the desktop side, where um, if you look at uh, big encoding farms, they release uh, stats around uh, which uh, codecs people are encoding in. I see that like 95% is just MP4. And then there is like some WebM, but there's also like other formats like FLV and, 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 and Windows Media in there. So like H.264, the video codec in MP4 is really leading. Um, and we've always, we've heard for a long time now that like Chrome would drop uh, H.264 support, which would skew the balance in favor of WebM, but that has been that announcement has, made a couple, has been made a year and a half ago, and nothing has uh, happened so far. Um, so something that's very interesting and only released recently um, to, to HTML5 browsers is the ability to uh, push full screen video. Um, actually, this looks slide uh, presentation uses the same feature to, to blow up the slides full screen. Um, so that is great because then you really have that um, like cinema experience for your videos and the TV experience. 
Uh, I think it's very important for, for online video to also be able to have like a lean back mode. Uh, this is how it looks in, in Chrome. Uh, other browsers have similar messages where they say like, hey, you just jumped full screen to prevent uh, uh, like hostile takeovers uh, or, or phishing. Uh, the only browser that has not committed to the full screen API yet is Internet Explorer. So the new version of Internet Explorer 10 that's coming out does not have full screen. Um, you could simulate it because there's also no Chrome around uh, the, the browser. So you could like, do the full browser screen is more or less full screen. Uh, it would be nice, however, if they would also implement this API, which is a, a W3C uh, standard in progress. And then um, the last thing, and this, this one I think is really exciting, is, the, is the, the, a new element that's been, uh, uh, that's part of HTML5. And the element is called track. Uh, it loads so-called VTT files, and I think that this is really the first major innovation of, of HTML5 video over the, the likes of Flash and Silverlight. So what it is, is uh, like track is, a new element supported by right today Safari uh, within the coming months, probably Chrome 23, Internet Explorer 10, Opera 12.5. Um, I'll have to ask uh, Christian when, uh, when uh, Firefox will release this. Uh, so we're complete. Um, and what it does, it, it defines, for example, captions. So it defines captions uh, in a uh, a file format called VTT, uh, which is a uh, very simple uh, like text format that contains cues with timestamps. So it tells show this text at 10 seconds, show this text at 15 seconds, etc. So this is this is really all there is to it. Uh, so from one second to 10 seconds, show that line of text. From 15 seconds to 20 seconds, show the other two lines of text. Um, and, and what you can do with this is really standardize uh, closed captioning, which is a, a, like a requirement in, in many countries for, for accessibility in video. Uh, you take the video, you make a script for the captions, you insert that in a VTT file, you drop that one in a track, and then accessible video. Um, captions are not the only uh, uh, like kind of, of, of text tracks that is supported out of the gecko. Uh, you have subtitles, which is similar to captions, but for other languages, not including the non-spoken uh, non texts. You have audio descriptions, so really descriptions of parts of the video. Um, you have chapters, so if you have long videos, you can segment it up and uh, make like, chapters like a DVD. And there's metadata. And that's really the one where like, you can put uh, cues in a VTT file, listen to it with JavaScript, and then do whatever you want with it. Um, and for, for those, I have a few, uh, I have a few demos. So this one is just the captions. So this is Chrome 23, uh, Chrome Canary uh, beta browser, uh, which, which has built-in support.
So if you have no audio, you know what's going on in the video. That's the, that's the premise of captions. Um, chapter markers are in itself very simple. Um, browsers do not yet expose a UI for it. Uh, there's a lot of talk about it, uh, probably or maybe through like little dots on a control bar until the point that there is no, um, there is no really, really no UI for it. You can always uh, write your own. Uh, for example, something like this, where you can. So this, this page has a, has a description track. And it basically tells you what's going on. So if you have no video, uh, you can see what's going on. Um, in this form, it, it's not as useful. But if you're using, if you're using a, um, a screen reader, uh, for example, this one, the Chrome Fox extension, Slide one of 42, layout, title, three, the size of a cat, the scaly dragon widens its eyes. Blood oozes from a wound on one of its leathery bat-like wings. Sintel cautiously holds out her hand and the dragon sniffs her fingers. Later, in her hovel, Sintel cleans the wound. So this way it becomes really easy to not only put closed captions on the internet, but also audio descriptions, which has been, uh, until right now, really a nightmare for, for, uh, uh, for just about any, uh, any like media company or, or media publisher. Um, and then as to the, the metadata here, look, we have a few like, more exotic, uh, I have a few more exotic demos. Um, so, this, this is probably known from YouTube, where you can uh, slide over the control bar and then actually see a thumbnail image. So this is just a VTT file with a list of thumbnail images to show at certain positions. And a few lines of CSS are used to uh, like place those at certain positions on the, on the control bar. So that way you know where you're searching to before you're searching to. Um, Page interaction, uh, something that uh, uh, the popcorn.js framework is very uh, powerful in. It's also easy. Uh, with a few lines of code, you can hook up things like, uh, uh, like time-aligned artworks. So you go to another section, uh, there will be other artworks. And then, um, like, all that data can, of course, be used by search engines to, to index not only what your video is about, so not only scrape the stuff around the video, but actually uh, index the, 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 the files and then understand what's going on inside the video. So we search for chicken. Oh, <laughs> 
And these are all things that, that really the, um, uh, the standardization to what HTML5 and the track element are making possible. It's all not rocket science, but it's just because everybody is doing it the same way, everybody can build upon it. Like browsers can build upon it, uh, video players uh, can build upon it, search engines can build upon it. Um, the, uh, so the demos, the demos you uh, saw can be found at demo.longtailvideo.com, and uh, feel free to grab them, use the source code. Uh, you'll find that there is surprisingly little uh, JavaScript required for each of those demos. It's literally just a few lines each. Um, and then the other like, more interesting references are in here as well, uh, stat counter for the, for the uh, analytics. Uh, Dive into HTML5 is a great reading resource for the basics of HTML5 video. And uh, on our website, on slash HTML5, we update a quarterly report which uh, tells you like, which features and which browsers are, are really used uh, today. Uh, that's it. Thank you. All right, we have another very fast speaker. So we got uh, quite some time to talk through things and maybe you can show some demos later on as well mm -hmm. if you wanted to, but come over for now. <laughs> HTML5 video. Must be cool to go to your parents and say like, look, the Obama video is done with the stuff that I did. Yeah, uh, they have no clue. It's really hard to uh, to explain because it's, the underwater stuff. Um, what has helped a lot is like, if you right-click on the video player, it says JW player, and they get that. So now they right-click on every video player and say, like, ah, I just saw your video player on this and this website. So you should put an Easter egg in to say, like, hi, mom, every, every fifth click or something. I could do that, yeah. Maybe top right corner. Or yeah, it's not bad. I like the, uh, the, the, when Google did the uh, experimental HTML5 feature in YouTube and you right-clicked it and you said uh, view source, uh, and no, you said like save link as, it actually redirected you to the, uh, to the uh, Rickroll video. Yeah. Because that's still the biggest issue, isn't it? I mean, when I talk to, um, and with Firefox OS and other talks that I have, when I talk to people, Everybody goes on like, okay, we would love to encode our video in HTML5, but how do we stop it from being downloaded? Is there anything being done like that? How, what ways are there? I mean, we all know there are glass shield because you can always do an HTTP sniffing or whatever, but what is the current state of that? And you having a commercial company as well, you probably have that request a lot as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, there's a few uh, things that hold up really widespread adoption of HTML5 video. Um, I think just the core tech is there. Um, so if you have videos where things like copyright is not a problem, uh, you should start using HTML5 because it's, it's better than Flash now. Um, but for media, um, there, are, uh, there are a few issues. Um, one is the, uh, uh, the fact, actually, that there's two codecs. If you pay 1.5 million dollars a year to your CDN for storing and, and streaming your video, you don't want to start paying 2.5 million dollars because uh, Firefox requires WebM. 
uh, I think that is still a big holdup uh, for especially like companies with larger libraries, and there's companies that have terabytes or petabytes of data. Um, and in addition to that, it's indeed uh, the security that, uh, that, is, a, that is a problem. Um, it goes hand in hand with streaming, um, because in with video, usually this, the security is layered into the streaming protocol or the streaming model, and streaming is also not, uh, not really there in HTML5. Only Apple supports streaming on its iOS devices. It's a, uh, a custom streaming uh, model called uh, HTTP Live Streaming that they uh, released because they dropped, like, they dropped Flash and then they found out, like, oh shit, we need something for streaming fast. So they built it, released it, and um, Apple now has something, but nobody else really has something. Um, it's, it's a big problem still. Um, you see that um, Chrome and Firefox, so Google, uh, no, Google and Microsoft are working on uh, two things, two extensions to, to video. Uh, one is called the Media Source API, which allows you to do streaming. Uh, instead of loading a video in a video tag, you give it little bits of video, and then the video tag will stitch them together. So you give it five seconds of video, which is more or less streaming, but then over plain HTTP, and then the other is, is the, 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 like the key, the encryption API. And what they do there is allow encryption on the, on the media file to be uh, detected. And then uh, an external like, piece of software to be used to uh, like, get the decryption key and decrypt the data. But then you really enter in the realm of this is like, is this just encryption? Is this DRM? Uh, do we want this in open browsers? Like how would like a Firefox be with its open source model, how would they be able to do that? Because the, like, the key of encryption is that it's secret. And the key of open source is that it's not secret. Uh, so that's really difficult. Um, and then you can, you can ask yourself like on a higher level, like how important is DRM? Uh, how many like, additional walls do you need? And uh, do these additional walls help you or, or, or block you? Uh, you? We see that the entire music industry is off DRM now. Um, the, the film industry is still on there. Uh, but uh, you see outside of the film industry, like companies like YouTube or, uh, or Vimeo or Revision 3 or like big online streaming companies, they don't need it. They understand how the model works and how like, that DRM is not required. So It's more about downloading as well. I mean, when I see, uh, for example, on, on YouTube, I'm, uh, I'm constantly installing add-ons to download the videos and watch them offline when I'm on a train. I can't. I love what's on YouTube, but I cannot stream it when I'm when I'm somewhere offline. So, a download button can be added by an add-on, but it's not part of the normal YouTube interface. But it would be interesting to have. Whereas streaming is to me the main solution for uh, uh, for bad connectivity or slow connectivity, like the HTTP streaming of iOS five, uh, iOS five and six as well also just recognizes how many packets you can get in the first five seconds or something and then gives you the video quality that is probably most appropriate for your device. 
But that's something that's not in the HTML5 spec yet, except for the source set thing that you said yeah. that I was working on. Yeah, indeed. There are the, it is um, something that is not in the HTML5 spec. And uh, the media source extension is something that is only available as a demo. It is available, but as a demo in Chrome, which you have to enable by setting like your certain flags in the in, in the browser. Because that's something that Flash had before. I mean, Flash was always the benefit of being able to give you different quality video rather than like giving you one stream that is just a fixed size. Yeah, this area is also is really a catch up, catch up with Flash area. Yeah. And another big thing that Flash developers keep telling me is uh, uh, is opacity, like uh, 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 alpha opacity on video content. But I mean, you could do it with Canvas, but it's brutal. Yeah, but the only like I only see that with like more or less sketchy websites where there is a woman walking in front of the page that you just want to read, and then you click next to the woman, and but it's still the video canvas, and then the ad pops up. I think the opacity is, there's definitely uh, interesting uh, niche use cases, but the big use case is really for like ads with opacity. And I, I think that um, like, streaming is far, far more important than uh, having an alpha channel, uh, which is only supported by the old VP6 codec, and not with uh, uh, H.264 either. So okay. it's really a, uh, a marketing trick, a marketing tool. So uh, one question here is uh, WebVT and Track Element are supported in JW6 and Polyfilled for IE and older browsers or just with the new ones? Um, so right now we Polyfill everything because uh, uh, all the browsers do not support it yet. So those browser versions that I mentioned, well, Safari 6 is out, but the other browser versions that I mentioned are not there yet. So IE is at 9, Chrome is at like 21 or 22. Uh, Opera um, is working on, uh, on track, and the 12.5 is like maybe it, it will be in 12.5. They're now in 12.0 or 12.1. So uh, for now, it's really full polyfill, but with the intention to move, uh, uh, like detect the feature set. Uh, if the feature set is there, move to internal. Mm. Um, question here, I'd like to reposition my subtitles via CSS in case of a self-styled player. Is this possible by now? So, styling of the controls? Um, yeah. No, no, there is no... Um, uh, so the video control bar at this point is something that gets... Uh, that is provided by the browser and cannot be styled yet. It's so a shadow DOM proposal, though. There is a proposal, uh, but but right now it is uh, it's it's not not possible. It's also not necessarily a clever idea because people are used to seeing a player and actually know where the controls are, and uh, switching that interface to an own that might be better, but means that end users have to be re-educated about them. Yeah, that is the downside. Yeah. Do you find that JW Player gets a lot of customization by people? Like uh, we do see a lot of skinning, yes. So, um, um, but what what we do, we have like a CSS PNG skinning model, um, but we very much restrict what you can do in terms of skinning. Uh, so, uh, by doing that, we hope to keep the UX uh, uh, like standard, standard and and useful. 
so it's not possible to put like the play button in the top right corner, for example. So you always have a control bar with buttons that have specific positions, and you can like change the sizes, change the colors, change the rollovers, um, but but you cannot uh, like change it all together. That's quite a ballsy approach, because I'm quite sure a lot of clients would want that, but I think it's more like sticking to your, I want to have a consistent experience in the player, or...? Yeah, yeah, there's... Um, I think overall that is something uh, that we stick to with JW Player. Um, we are not trying to make it as flexible or as... Um, um, like, yeah, as flexible or as like hackable as, as possible. Uh, we choose. Uh, we always think about um, that uh, about the player as having two uh, types of customers. The first type of customer is the publisher, and uh, they are buying our products, so they're actually like they're our monetary customer. But the the second uh, type of customer, that's the end visitor. And if you give publishers a lot of tools to, or a lot of uh, like ways to really like develop bad UI then the, uh, like the end customer will not like that. And I, we think that the end customer, or the, the, the viewer, is also an important customer because that is what uh, the publishers are seeing on all these websites. And they see this player on all these websites, and they think, like, oh, this works nice, I want to use that. And if they see this player on, on a website where it's like, I can't, find, I can't even find a play button, where is it? How do I start it? Oh, it's GW player. Oh, well, should not use that one. So I think that's something that, that for us is very important, that uh, balance between uh, giving publisher flexible tools, uh, but maintaining a certain access, like, like a certain standard in terms of accessibility and UX. Hmm. Um, talk about accessibility. We saw that screen readers can, can parse the, the track titles, but how is the tooling going? Like uh, video and encoding, we have lots of companies that actually start helping you with that. We got like, things like encoding uh, with their Vidly service, for example, but subtitling is quite a hard task and closed captioning even more. And I don't see any uh, products coming out that make it easier. There's like Magpie is the classic one and there is universalsubtitles.org, which is a crowdsourced approach for subtitling. But working with content providers, um, how does it work? I mean, for, for video production, for DVD production, they do all that stuff. Is that content readily available from content providers to be used on the web as well? Um, yes. What, so what you see with content providers is that um, a lot of the captions, or a lot of work is being done to make sure that all the, the captioning and all the subtitling that they do for broadcast is also transferred to online. So they're moving from um, uh, like internal systems and, and internal formats to something like a DFXP uh, or Line 21. Uh, so in the, and they have to because it's mandated and in country by country. Uh, in the, the United States, it's now mandated by the FCC that everything that has captions in broadcast, the rebroadcast has to have captions as well. Um, and they have their internal big tools for like uh, uh, for captioning the for actually like writing up the captions and and and, uh, and the audio descriptions. Um, I think for online it's still 
very, it's still quite early and there's indeed not a lot of tools out there. Like Universal Subtitles is probably the, the and, and, and a company like Dotsub, uh, those are really the, the, the first ones that, that, that work on it. And then only on captions, mm -hmm. audio descriptions. But I think look, up until now, audio description has just been too hard to put in a product. And with such a setup where you uh, look, caption or describe your content with text, and then uh, the screen reader uh, takes it out. That that's really something that you can scale across, uh, like millions of websites that have ten video views per day. Uh, one thing I found was hilarious is when when you talk to people about this, and they're like, "Yeah, but YouTube now has automated captioning. You just analyze the soundtrack, and it gives you the captions." Um, how is the quality of these tools so far? Um, yeah, I only know that anecdotally from like watching a YouTube video. You see, it's doing a pretty good job, but uh, like the, some misses are hilarious. Uh, yeah, there's actually a video of a tra of a, a, an artist group in New York that played a sketch, filmed it, uploaded it to YouTube, had automated captioning, and then re-enacted the sketch with the automated captioning, and it's just incredibly wonderful to watch, because it's like, it's like paying telephone. Uh, but it's, it, it's, that is the annoying thing. I mean, uh, you obviously did lots of work with the JW player to be keyboard accessible as well for, for people who cannot use a mouse. And uh, a lot of people just wait for the magic moment to happen. What would you think is the most important thing to make a video as accessible as possible if you put it online? Mm. Within limits that a normal end developer could I, do. I, I think if you would do one thing, I would do a caption track. So I would add a caption track. Um, and it's, it's great for accessibility, um, for your prime audiences, but there's also huge secondary audiences around for like people that are slow learning, uh, people that um, understand your language but not really. Uh, so like people that, that like, are foreign uh, speakers uh, know a bit of your language, and for them, the captions is actually great. Uh, I always. When I'm tired and I'm watching an American movie, I enable the captions to uh, to to like read. It's, it's a lot easier, and and then on top of that, um, I think that there will be a time where uh, search engines, uh, like both something that you build internally or, or the, the big guys like the Googles, will start indexing that and be more smart about uh, in video search. Well, that's where copyright comes in again, though. Like, for example, with music and lyrics, this would have always been amazing, but no music publisher actually did, uh, publishes lyrics. There's not a single legal lyric site on this, on this web. There's millions of illegal ones, but it's just incredible that nobody sees the... that lyrics are more or less a time-stamped uh, uh, caption for a music uh, piece. Nobody uses that for navigation yet, and it's, it's all about copyright, so... Yep, yep. Yeah, I think for for um, audio is really like music is really a big part of audio, uh, but uh, like like TV shows and, and and feature films are not such a big part of video. There's a huge uh, range of of, of Apple video applications from like the talk of the CEO to like online presentations, uh, e-learning things, marketing material, uh, and all of that. Uh, will benefit from the captioning. 
and then maybe the people whose uh, like content is their like product uh, will like take like uh, copyright considerations and uh, like will take those seriously. But uh, for video, much more so than audio, there's a lot of uh, cases where video is the the tool to uh, sell some other product or service or to explain some other message. Mm. Um, question here, uh, will HTML be the enabler of apps on connected devices like TV, set-top boxes, etc.? Can you see that like set-top boxes will run plainly on HTML5, maybe Raspberry Pi based, these kind of things? That's hard to, that, uh, I think that's hard to tell at this point. Uh, it's such a fragmented market and, uh, there's n and if you look at the numbers, there are a sliver of a sliver of, of web and, and really a sliver of mobile as well. Uh, uh, it, will be a, it will be a big market in the future, in the near future though, isn't it? It will be a big market. I think whoever will like, like come up with something that works from a UX point of view that really works, they'll be able to dominate that scene. Uh, uh, you see that with mobile, with the app, look with the Apple App Store and the apps, uh, that could be for what what will happen for for setups and TV. Um, maybe there will be something HTML5 that that's a lot smarter, but it's hard to tell at this point. Hmm. Uh, having worked on TV widgets in Yahoo, uh, it was a lot about like hardware providers wanting to own their proprietary things as well, rather than making a standard. It's it's always the same story, sadly enough. Yeah. Um, there's another one here, which is actually an interesting one, which I never thought of. Um, how would you deal with videos not allowed for kids? Should be embedded confirmation button for video tag, whichever that means. Um, so is, how about an, an age restriction of video? How could that be done in a video HTML format? Um, so those things are things that at this point uh, you have to manage on the website level. Uh, so you... Uh, uh, come up with a scheme for age restriction for yourself, tag your content with that, and then provide access or deny access to videos based on that. There's really, uh, there's in, in HTML5 itself, there's not so much uh, in that area. You see that, for example, in media RSS, there are age restriction uh, schemas, and, and the big the video platforms like a Brightcove and uh, uh, Kaltura, they also uh, provide that tooling. Yes, there's also PIX rating for pages, which could be applied to, to video tracks as well on an HG access level, for example. But it's tricky. I mean, uh, I once had a job offer to write a uh, an, an, an adult filter for the internet, and it was basically my coding skill against the sex drive of every 15-year-old out there, and I said I don't take the job. Um, it gets hard. You have to like look at pixel color or... Yeah, and false positives there are quite interesting as well at times. Like, no, that was actually me doing a chicken rather than naked people cooking a chicken. That's not good. Um, streaming, of course, is essential for live video. So what about live video HTML5 streaming? I mean, we have a few WebM things in production or in, in, in experimentation on Air Mozilla, but it's not easy, is it? No, no, it is not uh, not uh, uh, easy. Um, there's indeed no tooling, or like there's no market behind it. Uh, and the, the market is moving towards this, like chopping up of videos in small fragments, and using and that that lends itself great for for live streaming as well. 
And I think that that is something that uh, will also um, bring live video to HTML5. Not so much the like demos with like ever increasing files or, or like, still using UDP protocols. Uh, so so the media that media source API that uh, that mostly the the people from Chrome are working on. I think that that is a, a an in very interesting prospect. The other one, of course, is WebRTC. Is the other standard that actually does streaming of any data over uh, over two-peer connections. But that's another discussion between three browsers at the moment. Yeah, WebRTC is um, uh, is also one of these areas that development is going really fast. But I consider that more for uh, like indeed web webcam style uh, collaboration uh, applications, and not so much for I'm BBC One and let me like live broadcast. Cool. Thank you very much. Thank you.